Hey, what's up, travelers, and welcome back to Relish the Journey. This is your host, Miles Biggs, and I'm joined today by a guest who sits in India as we have this conversation, another fun international interview. Her name is Roshni, and she is a psychologist, and she's also into fitness, and we're going to talk all about how the connection between your physical fitness and your mental health, and even what you eat, and how you meditate, and how all of that total well-being is possible if you just focus on it as a daily habit, akin to brushing your teeth, as you'll hear. A lot of really great words of wisdom from Roshni. I learned a lot. I enjoyed the conversation, and I know you will too. So let's get into it. Roshni, thanks for joining me today, all the way from from India, or in different times of the day. <laughs> Morning for me, afternoon for you, but I appreciate you making the time for our conversation. Thank you so much, Miles. Thank you for having me on the show. It's so nice to talk to you. So you are all about physical health, but also mental health. And so I'm excited to dive into each of those. But I'm curious first, how you got started in the overall wellness space? What drove you to choose this as a profession? I did my bachelor's and master's in clinical psychology, and I'm a psychologist by profession. I was working and studying in New York, and I actually did my master's from City University of New York, which is in Manhattan. And I had this, you know, I had an amazing life, good career. I was just getting started, very excited, and everything was really good. But then at that time, when I was just finishing up my last semester, I got a call from my dad, um, my mom actually, saying that my dad was very sick and he was in the hospital. He was actually in and out of the hospital for a while, and I was aware of that, but it sounded really serious. And she said, I remember very clearly, I remember how I was like where I was because I got my first panic attack of my life then. Um, And she said, you'll have to come back to India because he's really sick and the doctors don't know what's wrong with him. So I was like, okay, but how long is my day going to be so I can book my return flights? And she paused for a few seconds and she was like, you know, I don't think you'll be able to go back. Um, And that was scary as a child. If you're brought up in an Indian family, you're mostly very pampered and taken care of. Basically, for every needs, you go up to your parents. So as a 20, 21 year old child, it was very scary for me. Uh, Even the thought that something could happen to my dad was really scary. But I wrapped up everything and I left for India. And my dad was in the hospital. He had uh, kidney stones, but it was misdiagnosed as tumor because he was very obese at that time. He was about 120 kgs. Uh, so that was really obese. He was really obese at that time, and which is why he got misdiagnosed for something which he did not have. Hmm. Um, but what happened during the course was because he was in the hospital, I was forced to take over the family business, which happened to be in the fitness industry. So my parents owned a couple of international fitness franchises and I was forced to take that, take over that. And it was very new for me because I was from the mental health field and, you know, diving into fitness itself was, I mean, I worked out, but apart from that, I didn't know anything about fitness, even management because I was young. I was like 20, 21, not a lot of management skills, but working with trainers in the facility and uh, going through a mini transformation uh, by myself. Uh, I came across Jim Stupani. Jim Stupani is Dwayne Johnson's trainer. And he was he had a workshop in, in the UK at that time. 
And I was like, you know what, if I want to do anything, and I knew there was no out because my dad was in the hospital for a long time. And I could not continue my career in psychology either. So I was like, you know what, if I want to do something in fitness, or maybe merge fitness and mental health, because it is, if you look at it, it's just two sides of a coin. Sure. I mean, mental health, fitness is a form of therapy, if you look at it. So I was like, if I want to merge the two of these, I have to educate myself. And I I went to the UK. I did the course under Jim Stupani, which was an eye-opener. And then I went to the US and then did a course under Jillian Michaels, uh, who's also a celebrity fitness trainer. She's huge. She was their big boss. Uh, I mean, um, uh, and the biggest loser. Sorry, <laughs> the biggest loser. Um, but yeah, so that's that's how I got started and got introduced into the fitness industry. And then since then, it's been 10 years now. And every year I try and do at least one or two international courses to keep myself updated. And I work with a lot of clients who are dealing with mental health. And also because psychologists and psychiatrists don't get this when you're telling your client you know, to stay physically active. For someone who has an eating disorder or body image issues, to work on their fitness could be very challenging. Yeah, it could bring up some of the issues that cause them to have that mental Absolutely. thing they're working through. But what I like on your website, yeah. as I was, I was checking it out before our conversation, is you talked about being fit as a way of life and not a destination. And I think that ties into what you're saying about the mental health side of things is you can't focus on the short term, how does my body look, right? But it's the long term, how does working out make me feel physically and mentally? And then how do I take that into every aspect of my life? I think that's a really important part about how mental health and physical health are absolutely connected that to your point is often siloed people are either i'm a trainer physically or i work on mental health it's great to hear that yeah. you're merging the two fields and it needs to be part of your lifestyle like you said because what happens with most people is you step on the scale and you realize it's high time you start working out you go to the gym you get fit and then you take it you know you don't go anymore uh, because you you feel you've reached a stop, you've reached a destination. But fitness is not that. It needs to be inculcated uh, in your daily life. Even someone who's gone through a transformation and lost, like, let's say, you know, uh, 100 pounds, the person still needs to continue. And it's like brushing your teeth. You have to make it part of your lifestyle. Um, so as eating healthy, like, it's, it's not about, you know, you don't have to say no to burgers and pizzas and fries all the time, but inculcate in your daily routine in such a way that, you have this and that, so you never have to go on uh, yo-yo dieting or like, you know, uh, fat diets and things just temporarily to get yourself in shape. And that could be so bad for the body. I really identify with that because I know for me personally, I was a competitive swimmer all through college. And so yeah. for me, I identified working out as a three hour long, you know, swim workout in the pool where I'm completely yeah. exhausted at the end. And so I graduated college, I'm done swimming. What did I do? I got into running. I did one 5K and then signed up for a half marathon. <laughs> so again, I'm running for hours and hours. And yeah. that's only sustainable for so long with a, a busy yeah. professional lifestyle. And so then what happened is I just stopped. And there were like three or four years where I didn't work out at all. It was the heaviest yeah. I've ever been. And only recently in the past year did I come to the realization that, oh, wait a minute, I can work out and it doesn't have to be for three hours. I can do yeah. 20, 30 minutes yeah. every yeah, day absolutely. and it works. Yeah. Exactly. And that changes throughout your life. The form of fitness keeps changing, but fitness needs to be a constant. You know, uh, someone who's planning to conceive a baby, it's going to change. You're not going to you're not going to go into endurance sport at that time or think about running a marathon. But that doesn't mean you give up fitness completely because it's it's going to take a toll on your mental health also. Like you said, you know, you start gaining a little bit of weight and then there's hormonal changes in the body. 
you go towards making unhealthy food choices and then you look at yourself it's like what have i done and it's a long way by the time you realize that you know mentally and physically you've come a long way from where you were yeah and so speaking about food choices on instagram you're referred to as the vegan khaleesi which i yeah. I, I appreciate that game of thrones reference there um <laughs> i'm sure many other people will as well so food how does food and what we eat and put into our bodies affect not just the physical but the mental health it does everything um because everything even you know what one of the lifestyle changes which i tell my clients to follow and it's such a stupid thing but there's so much of research and science behind it um i'm going to tell you and you might find it really silly but the thing is when you're eating a meal just zoning out from technology not watching tv not being on your phones not being on ipads um or doing anything else just you know just eating just being with food itself has such a big impact on our hunger signals and hunger hormones so there's basically two hunger hormones there's leptin and ghrelin and when you start eating uh, that's when uh, and you know once your once your stomach is full your uh, ghrelin which is your satiety hormone tells your brain that hey you know what i'm full i don't want any more food but because we are so engrossed in technology and other things around us uh, we don't catch those signals and people tend to overeat if just is a simple thing as just when you're eating a meal cut yourself off from all technology and focus on the food you're eating you notice you start eating less and um, not less as you start eating how much is required for the body and the excess won't be converted to fat mm-hmm. and it's such a simple thing. it's like small lifestyle changes uh, here and there could have such a big impact on your diet and your lifestyle and everything yeah it's interesting i've not heard that before but again i think that points yeah. to the the mental aspect right is when you you have the awareness and focus on i'm eating right now and how much do I really yeah. need versus sort of checking out mentally and just kind of mindlessly putting food in your mouth, which many people do, right? Well, we're bored, we're on the couch, we're just eating a bag of chips, you know? You know, uh, like when you go to a movie theater and you eat popcorns, and mostly like, you know, a big tub of popcorns is gone in like 30 minutes, 35, 40 minutes maybe. Uh, try try sitting with a tub of popcorn and watching nature and eating it. You won't eat, you won't end up eating as much. <laughs> I love that visual. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. you just feel ridiculous sitting in the middle of the forest. It uh, feels ridiculous. With so a tub of popcorn. It feels ridiculous, but it's like movie time snacking. When you have a movie on and you're Netflix and you know Netflix and you're sitting and just watching and um, binge watching stuff and binge eating, but then if you just focus on your food, you just don't eat as much. Yeah, that's interesting. When I competed in India, I was the only vegan athlete who competed on a national stage. Um, but when I competed, obviously your calorie counting and your macro counting and doing all of that. And that was my uh, sort of what I also thought to my clients because that was something I was adopting in my daily life. But then I started realizing these people who are, who have these nine to five jobs and they're struggling to even go to the gym. It's not easy for them measuring everything and eating and eating as per calories and meal preps and, um, you know, making sure they're staying in the macro range. So how would you help these people get in shape, but at the same time, make it less of a burden for them and then you start realizing that hey what about mindful eating what about you know these certain lifestyle changes which is going to help you drastically without having to put a lot of load in terms of uh, calculating everything you eat yeah it's an interesting phrase mindful eating um, yeah i not thought about it that way but that goes into checking out for technology and so i'm wondering you know a lot of people here in the united states they think of india one of the things they'll think about is meditation and and that culture right is when you say mindful eating, do you incorporate meditation into the mental, physical health? Or when it comes to, you know, the diets, is there a practice that goes when, along with that? 
when people think of meditation it's it's very complicated because what really is meditation meditation is uh, just another word for non doing it literally means non doing so uh, you know if you're not doing anything if you can get your thoughts streamlined to one thought and eventually to no thoughts that's the state of meditation and it's a very hard state to achieve because if i'm going to tell you miles don't think of anything for the next 2 minutes it's not going to happen because your <laughs> mind know. is going to think yeah yeah there's going to be a thousand thoughts coming into your mind but that's always true there's always a thousand thoughts if we can streamline those thousand thoughts to 10 thoughts from 10 to 1 and 1 to none the one to none state is the meditation state it's it's called meditation when you achieve meditation and it takes years to reach the one to none but you know what's beautiful even getting your you know the thought traffic down from 1000 to 10 has a huge impact on your mental health and when i say mental health i obviously so this is what happens when you're working with people in the mental health field and the fitness field um someone struggling with let's say anxiety disorders or schizophrenia um or personality disorders i i cannot tell them sit and meditate because it's it's not easy for them you know that that process of meditation itself could churn a lot of uh, uh deep feelings and subconscious thoughts which 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 is not right you know it's not right but for anyone who's not struggling with them listening to this see if you can for a few minutes per day and the way i inculcate this with my clients is maybe before a fitness session or after a personal training session right now of course we are all uh, indoors so i'm doing a lot of zoom sessions getting them to just close their eyes and bring multiple thoughts down to one thought and one thought is mostly what i would tell them is set an intention for today's session if it's before the session and then they start thinking okay what do i want to accomplish in the next 60 minutes so all of the thoughts you know of um, i have this assignment to submit uh, my kids are running around and i have laundry to do all of that is just streamlined to what do i want to achieve in the next 60 minutes and that's it that itself is meditation that's one of the best descriptions of meditation i've heard and i think it's is an important um definition the the non you call it non thinking right is Wait, non doing. Yeah. yeah, and I think a lot of people I, I, suffer from what you talked about. I'm going to sit here and think about nothing, no way, and then they give up. But exactly. breaking it into that. the incremental things like 10,000 to 100, 100 to 10, 10 to 1, it, it's just like fitness. You don't have to work out for 3 hours like I said, right? It can be start with 5 minutes, then 10 minutes, then 20 minutes. It's all about yeah. baby steps. So you know, uh when we naturally in our, li- our life becomes meditation, have you ever if you drive very often and you drive from let's say your home to your office, There's a lot of times when you when you leave your office and you reach home and you don't think about it because you know the you know the route very well by now and your mind sort of zones or even if you work out uh, because you just mentioned you started working out so for me especially if I'm if I'm lifting iron if I have my headphones on then there's a lot of times I'm not consciously thinking about workout the workout is just happening that's just moving in meditation if you just think about it because at that time there's no thoughts in the head it's just some mundane activity which you're doing it's just doing but no thinking yeah yeah i realized that after i started meditation and then i thought back yeah. on my swimming career i realized yeah. that swimming is basically yeah moving meditation because your head's underwater you can't talk to anybody yeah. you end up just getting lost in your thoughts and when you swim for a while all of a sudden you realize yeah. kind of like that driving moment where you zone out you do zone out and then zone out yeah yeah and it's important because if you see top athletes right now you have a personal trainer you have a physiotherapist you have a dietitian you also have a mental health coach working with them 
uh, and it's very popular among like you know national and international level athletes right now and it's important because there's a lot of science behind having your mental health right in place uh, to get your physical health right yeah it's for whatever reason it, i think it used to be more taboo people didn't want to admit that they maybe had quote-unquote mental problems but yeah we are seeing more and more people just get over that and then realize that there's so much power to be had in harnessing the monkey brain so because I w- I'm in the gym all the time and I see clients in, in and out of the gym and because I also do the nutrition planning, a lot of times when I'm talking to them, you won't believe it, Miles, about 4 in 10, that's 40% of clients um, are on some kind of antidepressants or anti-anxiety tablets. And both of these, uh, you know, most of the tablets lead to weight gain and weight gain is related to body image issues. So someone who would have started off with just mild anxiety or depression goes from depression to body image issues and a lot of the things from the cholesterols are high and, uh, you know, you're more prone to heart diseases because of obesity. Um, and it's so surprising that people don't talk about it, but so many people are taking, uh, are seeking out help for mental health. Yeah, and the more and more we talk about it, like we are doing here, the more and more people will realize that they're not alone. They'll have those conversations and then we can all move forward together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we've covered a lot so far, and I'm curious if you had to look back on everything from that moment where you got the phone call in New York and had to go back to India, you know, you were launched into taking over the family business with gyms, you've now incorporated it into your your profession and training as in mental health. How would you wrap up all that and describe your journey to the point you're at today in just three words? In just three words? Yep, three <laughs> words. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say always say yes. Well, can I can add the fourth? Always say yes to opportunities. Okay. Yeah. So can you talk about some times where you've always said yes and what it's done for you? Um, so what happened with my career as I started advancing, when I came when I came to India, the, for the first few years, there was a lot of resentment with my family, with my father specifically, because I, I kept blaming him all the time. I was like, you know what, if you took care of your health, I probably wouldn't have to come back. And I had a very, I mean, I was very, I was a good student. I had a good job and I was just starting off. I mean, five years of education and I was just going to start launch, sort of launch into this world and do something which I really like. There was a lot of resentment at that time uh, with my father, but I churned that around working with parents and my specialty till date is also that I'm very, very good working with um, overweight men. That's my population and helping them go through a transformation Because I believe that if you're a parent, then you have a moral responsibility to stay fit. It's not your choice anymore because no child wants to get that phone call saying that, you know what, I'm calling from the hospital and we are not sure if you'll see your father again. So that's that's one thing. And because I always had that thought behind my head, uh, a lot of the corporates I approached also were to do with either, you know, working with parents or I would get the parents involved. I work with colleges and schools where I work with kids and I I wait for opportunities when there's like certain days over the weekends where I tell the kids, get your parents today and we'll have a family workout. Hmm. So yeah, that's that's one thing I think I've always kept my mind open to working with the elderly population versus younger youth. That's great. So where can people find you? On the, on the internet after they listen to this conversation and they like what you had to say and they want to learn more about who you are, what you do, and how they can interact with you online? Where should we send them? My website has uh, links to all my bios, but you can find me on Instagram. That's the one I'm most active on. And on Instagram, my name, Roshni Sangvi is my name, which I'm sure you're going to link to the yeah, podcast. Yep. Yeah, they can find me there. Great. 
Well, I appreciate your time today. This has been a great conversation. I've really enjoyed it. I hope you have too. And I'm excited to help share your story with the world here. Thank you so much, Miles. Thank you so much for having me and waking up for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's always fun to do these international interviews. And it's just a absolutely. reminder of how big the world is. The fact that it's the same day and it was 7 a.m. when we started for me. I think it was like 4.30 for you. It's just, it's fun. So no problem. Thank you, Miles. Thank you. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for another episode of Relish the Journey. As always, thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate you spending your most valuable resource with me, and that is your time. So if you like this episode, please share it with somebody that you think would also like this episode. That's how we get to grow our audience and continue to spread this mantra of Relish the Journey. Until next time, everyone, cheers. Cheers.